0: Previously on Chapter Plays. You all seem to fade and fall to the ground, she says. Thank you for saving my life. But I must take my prizes and keep them, whereas you, I think you will be turned over to some friends of mine, old friends of yours. Welcome to chapter plays an actual play podcast featuring cinematic role-playing stories of daring heroics and low intrigue i'm your gm and host mike athey today we're playing another chapter in the gadget extraction team serial a 1930s pulp adventure set in the world of trinity continuum adventure with an exclamation point tonight as usual i am joined by our players drew merle and sam let's have each of you introduce yourselves and the heroes you'll be playing tonight
1: I'm Drew, and pronouns he, him, uh, and I'm playing Shea O'Keefe, an Irish labor organizer who was exposed in a big accident to Telerk energy, which turned him into uh, a superhero, basically like a Golden Age uh, Superman.
2: I'm Sam, pronouns they, them. I'm playing Emma Banachek, a former Daredevil adventurous who retired and became a writer only to forget the
3: retired part, basically. I'm Merle pronouns. Also they, them, and I am playing Jean-Pierre au a deserter from the French foreign Legion driver, uh, and a bit of a thief.
0: So, when we last left off with our uh, heroes, the gadget extraction team, they had run afoul of Alina Hunter, a nefarious sorceress who was using the legendary Book of Thoth to uh, unleash all sorts of evil in the world. They had managed to get her to stop summoning an elemental, but in the process she had tricked them and unleashed a uh, scent of kaifi, an Egyptian uh, ritual incense which caused them to fall unconscious. All except for Emma. Emma having uh, realized something was up and held her breath with her iron lungs uh, ability to allow herself to basically play possum, pretend to be knocked up but still be conscious. And uh, Alina had talked about basically turning you guys over to some quote-unquote old friends of yours, um, the implications of which uh, are relatively clear. Um, So, as we begin, I think what's happening is it's nighttime somewhere in Cairo, and there is a... a box. There's a wooden box just big enough to carry three unconscious people that is being moved from the steamship, the Queen of the Nile, onto the back of a truck. And, uh, the truck starts to drive away from the docks, and at this point we sort of cut inside the box, the wooden crate, and Emma is busy, uh, Waking up the others, I think. She very much is.
1: Shay, uh, in reaction to being woken up, flaps the side of the box, probably pretty hard, giving it a little bent. And, uh, Looks, looks up at, uh, at Emma. I was like, oh. What happened?
2: Well, our little it's friend had a, Our little friend had a bit of a plan of her own, and long story short, she knocked you two out and probably sold us out in some I don't know, I wasn't seeing much. I had to concentrate on holding my breath and closing my eyes. And staying motionless. Flashbacks to the last hellfire. I can't imagine why.
0: So yeah, you can feel the the box moving around. You can hear the, the truck engine. You can tell you're being driven somewhere. And, um, actually it doesn't take very long for it to reach its destination. So it seems to be somewhere relatively close to the dockyard when it comes to a stop.
1: It looks like we don't got much time to, uh, to figure out what's going on.
3: Which worries sure me. We are unlikely... We're unlikely to see anyone friendly on the other side of that, uh, of the wooden lid of this crate. Uh, oh, my head is pounding like a bell.
2: Oh, I'm <sighs> sure there's a hair of the dog somewhere, in here.
3: hear. I don't suppose there's any chance they're going to dump us out in a bar.
2: Not lowly likely. Pity.
3: <sighs> yes, I'm, I suppose I am doomed to live in disappointment.
1: Won't have much time for disappointment, doesn't... Uh, and uh, Shay is... kind of... He's going between two thoughts. Uh, uh, he looks over at... The others and say, now do we want to pretend to still be unconscious, or do we want to jump on when they come in?
2: I think we jump them when they come
3: in. Yes, uh, I must agree. No matter what they plan to do with us, I doubt it will be to our long-term
2: uh, benefits. Honestly, at this point, my lungs were absolutely aching for air.
0: Okay so with that sea hunt quote um we hear uh sounds of some sort of large machine and uh, you begin to feel the uh the crate begin to get lifted up in the air by something and uh based on how you're kind of being jostled around uh it's like a kind of netting of some kind probably being lifted up by a crane, perhaps, maybe a warehouse. And uh, there's, you know, some now industrial noises of the machinery working this crane, lifting you up out of the back of the truck, and basically holding you, you don't know how far, above the ground. And you hear voices speaking, echoing in what sounds like a warehouse of some kind. And uh, you guys can make a check to try to see what you can f- figure out based on these... Uh, voices about who you might be in the captivity
4: of. Let's see what check would be best for that. Uh, Hmm. Uh, the, the normal per, uh, perception check is... I believe it's cunning and in integrity. Well, that would make Something sense. It like oh, does make sense.
2: Um, I've got a kind of interesting, askance way to do with this, though. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, I apologize for the amount of ums I have in this. Um,
0: Oh, don't worry about that.
1: You're not the only one, and also, yeah. If we yes. if we did play that game, we'd be here all night.
2: Static encephalopathy and a caffeine addiction don't really do me any uh, any any favors with figuring out which words to use. Uh, I'm gonna use culture and intellect with polyglot to see if I can figure out dialect or something like that, just based yep. on
4: sound. Okay. Uh, so...
0: Well, Polyglot's an edge, isn't it?
4: Yeah. Um,
2: what I'm assuming is that she'll be able to understand, in general, language. Yeah. But to figure out, like, specific... Mm -hmm. You know, language has a cadence to it. Language has rhythms and things like that based on region and dialect and stuff like that. Um. Okay, sure. So... Yeah, I'm gonna like have her figure that out that way. Uh so that's a total of five.
4: Yeah,
1: I'm just doing a straight integrity counting roll, uh, to see what she can find out from the
2: noises and all that. That is all well and good.
4: Wait. Oh, hey.
2: One success. Ha. That dice line actually looked a lot better than I thought it was. Ouch.
3: (laughs) Well. I also got one success.
4: Hey, same.
0: (laughs) One success across the board, okay. All right, so the only thing you can tell is that the language that men are speaking is European in origin rather than Arabic or one of the local dialects of the Egyptian.
4: Well, boys, do you want to know the good news first? Is there any? Not really,
3: but they are European. Ah, good. So we are about to be murdered by our compatriots, I suppose. Comforting. Ah. Uh... Personally, I'd be
2: rather murdered by people whose culture I know than murdered by people who might do it in some esoteric way that I'm not quite familiar with.
1: shay think- <laughs> gives them both
4: weird looks. Like, no one's getting murdered tonight. Now just uh, let's focus on what's going on.
3: All That's right, all co- right. Completely we'll breaking the fourth murder. wall. So uh, you guys
0: are are kind of toppled on top of each other because of gravity and the position of the, the crate uh, hanging oh. above the floor of the warehouse. Um, it's pretty awkward, but you can see a little bit of light through some of the, you know, cracks in the uh, the wooden crate and uh, you see there appears to be uh, water underneath you but there's enough arc lighting around that you could tell you're inside a warehouse and uh, there are quite a few footsteps around it sounds like at least a dozen uh, people are around you or uh, you know, in the warehouse uh, Were we searched or disarmed or anything like that? I think unless there's an item that you really need, uh, we can assume that it was taken away from you. Okay. Makes sense. If uh, you have a, a particular artifact or something that you want to say that you have at hand, you can certainly, I'd say, spend a point of inspiration, I guess. Uh, all your inspiration is reset at this point, so you're back to your regular full amount. All your conditions have gone away as well. Uh, oh, I have my blade. Uh, good. hmm Excellent.
3: Um, I did just notice I'm shy in aspiration.
0: Uh, you can put that in the chat, I think. Okay. Once you you can think about it. You don't have to do it immediately.
4: <laughs> hmm
0: Yeah, that works. Excellent. Oh.
1: Uh, so, yeah, uh, as Shay starts to move towards uh, one of the edges of the container, like, obviously he doesn't have very good balance, but he's just, you know, slowly, surely uh, trying to to edge it, his body over mm-hmm. and uh, tries to, to peek out that way.
0: All right, give me a some sort of check for controlled, balanced movement to avoid making the crate turn around too much. Because I think if they saw it, like, jiggling around on its own, it might be obvious there's people moving around now.
1: Alright. I'm gonna have that be athletics and dexterity. Okay. So I'm gonna that here. Athletics... Dexterity... Hey, not, uh, another single success, which is good because they're all three ones as well.
0: Okay, none of them seem to notice. So uh, you creep over, uh, sort of trying not to step on anybody's face, and uh, get to one of the edges near the top. And you can push open a little bit. It's pretty easy for Shay, I imagine. Um, you know the like the the tacks or nails are still kind of sticking into the, uh, the part where they were hammered down But you push them up enough that you can peer out through the little uh, Crack in the lid there. So you can see more clearly uh, you're on the level of a second floor catwalk That encircles the upper floor of this big warehouse um, It seems to have like a sort of built-in um, moon pool Set up where there's in the middle of this concrete floor, there's a section that has been rolled back to reveal the waters of the Nile. And uh, there's a woman standing on the catwalk near the crane operator who you recognize immediately. She's an attractive uh, German woman with curly red hair, and she's dressed in kind of uh, stereotypical safari. Outfit with uh, Jodhpur's and uh, khaki attire. And uh, she is Marquetta Orlock. She is a uh, German film star and villainess who is the daughter of the infamous Baron Orlock, who you uh, some time ago. As part of your duties with the Gadget Extraction Team, uh, you raided the Baron's castle and freed a kidnapped professor and his prototype point. Back in the free city of Danzig. So she's ordering the dozen or so shifty-looking European men to... uh, prepare something for you or prepare something for the crate specifically it's not clear what that is just yet
4: oh dear oh dear it looks like daddy stopped buying film real busy uh... uh, or oh, the old man is still around oh i have a feeling he's still around either way Ah, an old friend of yours, then? We've met.
0: Ah. Let's see. So, I will say, there's a possibility um, that Jean-Pierre might recognize Marquetta from her film roles, if not from her villain activities. She's a a popular sort of female Errol Flynn character in German cinema.
3: I loved her in uh, (laughs) what the German Robin Hood. I loved her in Robin Hood.
0: Yeah, let's say there was a movie called The White Swan, which is kind of her big claim to fame.
3: Okay, why? You don't mean to tell me
4: she's uh, she's she's not as. uh, not as much of a force-for-good uh, off-screen the screen as she is on. That is a blow. Well, she's no Marlena Dietrich, I'll give her that. <laughs> no one but Marlena Dietrich is Marlena Dietrich.
3: All right, fair. What do you ah. think they want to do with the crate, though? Well, they haven't dumped us into the Nile yet, so hopefully that's not their plan. Hmm. Ah. Dump us out, say boo, and then shoot us a whole lot? Seems, I don't know, anyone who would be willing to smuggle us over here seems like they'd be more of the theatrical sort.
2: That's what I was thinking. Just shooting us and dumping us in the river seems awfully, I don't know, undramatic.
1: Us. She she knows about us. Uh, whether uh, whether or not uh, she
4: knows about uh, about Frenchy, she does know about the two of us. That you is... think she's planning on playing on her playing with her food, Shay? Who knows? I don't. I, he drugs. Uh, I
1: don't. I, I only know she knows us because. Uh, that's what, that's what
4: made her, uh, sound the alarm last time. Excellent. Well, we can assume, at least for the moment, we've got the element of surprise. She hasn't noticed us. The twelve or so men around here haven't noticed us. The...
3: I almost wonder if there's any way to well oh, the box itself would make a uh, not particularly good cover,
4: but it's better than nothing uh, say we all tip over
3: and go run in different directions and see what we can
0: well it's the whole it's the whole it. thing about being dangling in a net position 20 feet off the floor, above a water. Of a pool of water. Don't forget. Yep.
3: Yeah, there is that. Uh, So I got mixed up about the actual specifics of that. Thank you for correcting me. No problem. Hmm.
4: So we could try, we could still try to make it swing. Uh,
1: Shay, Shay can get off of this without too much problem, but he will be, of course, leaping a long distance. Which may cause, uh, well, may will cause everyone to realize the uh, uh, the jig is up.
4: And uh, yeah, if we ha- if we that. have any plans that have surprises on them, uh, Shay should be jumping last. But we can try to. Uh...
2: I yeah, say. Shoot. I think I might have something. We're hanging from. Uh, A a net, yes? About 20 Mm -hmm. feet in the air? Mm
4: Mm-hmm. A net has to be rigged to something. I want to see if I can climb out and get along there. Okay,
0: so you want to get out of the crate and secretly climb up the netting? Yes. Okay. Alright, sounds like a plan. So, um... All right, I'm going to say that they're, they're awaiting something happening, so this will be kind of a timed, complex task. Um, I'll make it relatively easy and say it only, you only need a total of six successes. Um, each of you gets one attempt to contribute, um, uh-huh. so that's three tries. And uh, if you do not get the six before those three tries are over, then something else will interrupt. But if you do, then you'll be able to have escaped the crate. So, uh, think about a skill pool related to the the next immediate action you're doing. For instance, like, Emma could make a stealth and dex roll to climb out without being seen. Um, and then, you know, Shay could work on trying to bust open the box to make it easier for him and Jean-Pierre to get out, something like that, those kinds of things. Um. Okay. only thing I ask is that you tell us what you're doing and uh, tell us what the skill and attribute are before you roll. And then once you've rolled, we can figure out what happens in the narrative.
4: Very well, as I'm climbing up, I'm going to do dexterity and athletics. Okay. Um, just to get above. And
2: okay,
0: and I'll say there is a, a complication, a one-point complication of called dangling to represent the kind of uh, off balance quality of being in a crate hanging 20
4: feet in the air.
2: Right. Um, Can I use on the head of a pin? Yes. Excellent. So that's that at least. Uh, All right. So we're going to select athletics. I'm going to select dexterity.
4: Um, no dice modifier, no enhancement, and away we go.
0: Wow. Well, I'll so be swizzled. You do it, and you do it with style. I'll say the base difficulty would be maybe two. So you've got two points left over if you want to give enhancement to somebody or a complication to the bad guys.
2: Oh, God. Okay, this is too perfect. So I'm going to give enhancement to Shay um, and Jean-Pierre mm-hmm. in the dumbest possible way. Emma climbs mm-hmm. up out of the netting and into the uh, the rafters or whatever, mm-hmm. then um, hooks her legs around like the central support beam and falls upside down, holding her hands out so that the other two can so, so that she can help the other two out.
4: Nice. Okay. So we'll c- call that um, flying Malambda. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah.
0: So you will get uh plus one enhancement, Shay and Jean Pierre on your actions.
4: All right. Uh, how many successes do we need at this point? Uh, four, right? Ah, uh. and
3: none of us are, uh, like we're not tied up in the crate or anything like that, we're just in the crate,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. They figured you being knocked out and in
4: a crate was enough. Yeah.
3: Uh, I'm slightly drawing a blank on what Jean-Pierre
4: could do. That Anybody have, uh, any ideas? We can suggest things to each other, of course. I mean, given that he's got a hand up
1: and possibly a. A boost from below. I think just
4: uh, you can just climb out onto the uh, onto the netting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I maybe
1: even at that rate he can ignore the the netting and just use the human ladder that uh, Shay and Emma could provide
4: at least the you know most of it. Okay, I could go for that. Ah, uh, so yeah, that would be uh,
3: larceny and dexterity. I think would be most uh appropriate for this, given that it's effectively second story work, mm-hmm. uh, climbing out onto and and trying to stabilize as well uh, for Shay behind him.
4: Uh, so that role is.
3: I uh, keep forgetting what my actual skills are. Okay. This is my roll. Not 30. I don't have 30 in, in any skills. <laughs> That's one success.
0: All right. Now, remember, you did get one enhancement from the Flying Melinda's, uh enhancement that Emma created, so you actually got two successes. Um, the difficulty right. is two, but there is the one-point complication of dangling... Um, if you don't spend a success to get rid of dangling, then potentially you will cause some sort of disturbance that may make things harder for Shay.
4: Right. Uh... Which generally
1: speaking, is probably the the most okay person with having this, given that he can
3: jump really far and mm-hmm. hopefully. Okay, so you're okay with just
0: uh, just taking it. Yeah. Okay. I See you. So you spend your two to succeed. So you've gotten four out of this six, but dangling has been activated, so I'll say that increases the difficulty for Shea by one. So the netting, uh, while you're not using it, still gets kind of kicked around a little bit, and so the... the... uh, I don't know what to call it. The fabric is starting to sort of twist and twine its way around itself like a slow spin in the air and that's kind of making it a little harder for Shay to get out. But luckily so far, none of the, the goons or Marquetta have noticed any of you.
4: So yeah, Shay's just going to try to uh, brute force jump uh, all the way up to the rafters.
0: Okay. So that is...
4: So
0: you get one enhancement from Flying Linda's, but your your difficulty is increased to three, and technically dangling is still in effect.
4: Alright, so I'll just put this in Sent Athletics. And... Oh, by the way,
0: something we should do for the audio thing is say how many successes you get, if we haven't done that before. Um... Just FYI.
1: Not a problem. So, athletics and might is what I can use for my
4: jumping ability thanks to taking flight. And I have one enhancement. Mm hmm. So that's that's enough to get the success, but not enough to get the success and the
1: uh, what's it called, and not trigger dangling again.
0: So I'll say this time, Tangley would knock the crate in such a way that it tips over or falls out or something. Something obvious about it, like you know, it hits the the other railing or something.
4: Yeah, I I mean. I'm good with that, but I'm also
1: the least sneaky of the bunch, so it's uh, true. I mean, no,
0: yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah. Seems pretty apropos. Okay. So go ahead and describe what happens with uh Shay getting out of the crate and the uh and the group being alerted to you guys having escaped into the rafters.
1: So oh, Shay gets a a nice big uh leap. But the uh, the physics of it causes the uh, the dangling net apparatus to kind of spin more rapidly to the point where it loses like one of the sides comes down, and then once that happens, it kind of is spinning out of control and throwing things, throwing whatever the what used to be inside the container now all over the netting, falling through the, the holes in the net. And uh, yeah, just causing a a uh, pretty pretty big scene.
0: Okay, yeah. so yeah, there's a loud crash of wood crashing onto the uh, the concrete floor. Some pieces falling into the water in the pool inside of the warehouse. And immediately, Marquetta's eyes light up, and she points up towards the rafters, and we can see the three of you crouched up there positioned among the crossbeams, somewhat precariously. And she says, They've got a note! Stop them! And uh, you can see these men begin to pull pistols from underneath their jackets and start pointing them at you and shout things as they rush around to try to corner you. So at this point, uh, you should roll for initiative. Can the experts from the gadget extraction team win their battle against Marquetta Orlock and her dozen henchmen? Will they discover the secret of the submarine menace that now draws near? Stay tuned for Chapter 16 in our Trinity Continuum Adventure serial, Duel on the Dockyard. You have been listening to Chapter Plays, an actual play podcast based on Onyx Path Games' Trinity Continuum Adventure, with an exclamation point. The role-playing game of Pulp Action. You can reach us with your thoughts and suggestions at gadget extraction team, no space, at gmail.com.